0: Romans chapter number 10 and verse number 9, a familiar text. The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Chapter 10, verse number 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him should not be ashamed For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have ye not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know first Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them which are, are no people and by a foolish nation which I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel he saith, All the day long have I stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gay saying people. Father, I pray that you bless the reading of thy words. Speak to our hearts now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to preach a few minutes this morning on this subject, on God's simple plan of salvation. God's simple plan of salvation. I want to say this morning that the devil's goal has always been to distort, to deceive and to doubt God's plan. Isn't that right? He always wants to uh, lead men away from the message of salvation. When it comes to our salvation this morning, we should never base our salvation on others' experience. Amen? We should never listen to a testimony and what someone says and why we're thankful for uh, that someone's testimony of salvation, but we never should compare ourselves to the experience of their salvation that they have. We should never base our salvation on others' experience. In other words, don't look at somebody else in the church and say, well, that didn't happen to me when I got saved, and, and that didn't happen, so maybe I'm not saved. Well, it's not based on an experience alone, amen? And so we should not base our salvation on others' experience. and then We should not base our salvation on our own emotions, amen? I thank God for emotions. God gave us our emotions. When I got uh, born in the family of God, I wept. I shed tears. But shedding of tears does not mean that you get saved. Amen. I've seen people cry tears, and you have too. And, never, and listen, go out and live like the devil and never darken the door of a church again. You think they got saved? I, I don't believe they got saved. Amen. There never was a change in their life. So we don't base our salvation on others' experience. Amen. We don't say, well, that happened to them, so that needs to happen to me. And then we don't. don't base it on our emotions. We we don't look at somebody and say, well, they cried so I'm supposed to cry. Some people come to an altar and they never shed a tear, but they get saved, amen? Some people shed tears, some people shed them and they don't get saved, amen? I don't believe in this coming down the aisle and popping your chewing gum and and acting like it's just a casual thing. I I don't believe them people get in the family of God, amen? There ought to be some fear and some reverence uh, when it comes to being saved, amen? And there will be, emotion within ourselves, but they're all not the same. So we don't base it on our experience, we don't base it on our own emotions or others' experience, and then we don't base our salvation on exercise, amen? In other words, salvation is not about what I do, but salvation is about what's already been done, amen? You see, you can't base your salvation on saying, well, I went to an altar so and I prayed a prayer, so therefore I'm saved. And you can't say that you're not saved because you didn't go to an altar and pray that prayer, amen? In other words, uh, uh, some people, when they get saved, they ask Jesus to come into their heart and be their personal Lord and Savior. When I got saved, all I said was, oh God, I don't wanna go to hell, amen? And so, my friend, it's like Brother Oliver Big Green said one time, he said, you cannot dissect the Trinity, amen? When you call on God, it's like calling on Jesus, uh, and when you call on Jesus, it's like calling on God and the Holy Spirit for their all three in one and it's not the terminology but it's the transformation that happens in the heart of a sinner amen and that's what the word of God says this morning and we will go to that in just a moment I wrote this down during Sunday school I might feel an impression on my heart by the Holy Spirit but I always find confirmation in the Holy Scriptures amen in other words I I do feel the Holy Spirit work in my life and I do feel an impression on my heart, but you better not always go just off an impression, amen? Because impressions can be misinterpreted. There's been times huh, when I thought the Holy Spirit was telling me something, but it was not, it was not the Holy Spirit, and so therefore, uh, my friend, I misinterpreted that. But there's one thing you can mark down. The Holy Spirit will always be in perfect, uh, uh, perfect uh, 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 order or perfect uh, uh, agreement with the Holy Scriptures, amen? The Spirit of God will never tell you to do anything against what the Word of God has already said, amen? And so this morning, the Spirit of God and the Word of God, they work together, my friend. And my friend, if the Holy Spirit puts an impression, if you feel it in your heart, you can also find it in the Word of God, amen? Now I want you to see these things this morning about God's simple plan of salvation. And I pray that it does two things this morning, I pray number one, that if you're here lost, uh, that you get saved, amen? And then I pray if you're here this morning and you're saved, but you're struggling with your salvation, then I pray that you get it settled, amen? I wanna tell you getting it settled is every bit as good as getting saved, amen? Because there's peace that comes uh, when you get born again or you get the assurance, amen? I'll tell you what the word of God will do. It will either convict you that you're lost, or it'll convince you that you're saved. But I'll tell you what it will not do. It'll never confuse you about either one of those two. God is not the author of confusion and when confusion comes you mark it down it is none other than the devil amen I want to say this morning when we look at this text number one there is in verse number nine the plan of salvation look at what he said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved now that's a simple plan this morning someone might ask well what is the plan well I want you to notice this morning that the plan is personal look what he said that if thou shalt confess with thine mouth and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Amen. I want to say this morning that this plan is personal. Can't nobody get saved for you but you. Amen. I'm telling you, mama can't save you. Your daddy can't save you. The preacher can't save you. The church can't save you. I'm here to tell you this morning, this is a personal plan. You've got to come by yourself for yourself before Lord God if you want to be born again and so my friend this plan is personal and then I like this in verse number nine this plan is practical amen you see there's only two things in verse nine that a sinner can do you know what that is number one it is confess and number two it is believe amen you know what confession is it's repentance amen the Bible said that God has commanded men everywhere to repent the Bible gives us a promise in 1 John 1 9 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth uh, and believe in or verse number one, if thou shalt confess uh, uh, that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins uh, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. So there's only two things this morning that you and I can do in verse number nine. We can confess to God that we're a sinner and we can believe in our heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead and that's all we can do and thank God that's all we have to do. Amen. I want say this morning, confess you're a sinner. Believe Jesus Christ is your savior. Confess your guilt, amen, and believe he'll forgive you. Confess you're lost and believe that he'll save you. Confess that you deserve heaven or you deserve hell and believe he'll take you to heaven. That's all you can do in this verse. Nothing more, nothing less. That is God's plan of salvation. I think there's a lot of people that can't get it settled because they're trying to do everything and anything else other than them two things. First John 1, 9, I misquoted, I want to get it right. The Bible said if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now get this about that verse. There's one thing you can do in that verse and I can do. And God said if you do that one thing, God said there's two things in that verse I'm going to do. The only thing in that verse, 1 John 1, 9, you can do is confess your sins, isn't that right? And God said, if you'll do the confessing, then God said, I'll do the forgiving and I'll do the cleansing, amen. We're not Catholics this morning. We don't do penance, amen. We're not Jehovah's Witness. We We don't sell pamphlets and do works. We're not Mormons. We're not trying to live and lead a better life because there is none that doeth good, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners this morning. So the only thing you can do in God's plan is the only thing God asks you to do and that's confess that you are a sinner. Amen. There's the plan of salvation. Then there's the promise. Look at verse nine. The Bible says, and thou shalt be saved. The rest of this verse is up to God. He has to do the saving, friend. You can't save yourself. God has to save you. You know what you have to do? You receive it. That means this morning, That I, the devil will come and say, "Well, explain all this to me. How this happens? And I have, I can't explain everything about. I can explain the plan. I can explain who that plans in. It's in a person. I can tell you what the Bible says." But the transaction of salvation, I know it's by the blood, the transformation. I know it's the blood. But how there's things about the salvation that only God can explain within itself. How that he would love and rescue a sinner enough. How that he can wash away all of our sins and bear the sins of the whole world. But I want to tell you what I cannot explain. I do believe. Amen. I believe what that book says. Amen. And salvation is in that book this morning. And the only thing you can do is receive it. What I'm saying is if you're lost this morning all you need to do is step out and come to this altar and say God only thing I can do is confess I'm a sinner going to hell and I don't want to go to hell and I believe with all of my heart Jesus died for my sins I want to claim that promise you said if I confess my sins and believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead that I'd be saved I want to tell you friend that promise is yours for the taking this morning if you'll reach out and just receive the promise of God amen I want to say, receive it, rest in it this morning. You might be here and say, well, preacher, I've done that, but I'm in turmoil. Did you mean it? Did you sincerely ask God? Did you not hold back? Did you ask him with all of your heart? Did you trust him? Or was you trying to trust in yourself? Y'all tell you this morning, if you say, well, I don't have any peace and I've never had no peace, you know what you need to do? You need to just take and you just need to wave the old white flag of surrender this morning. You need to junk your pride, junk your religion and come down that aisle as humbly as you know how and get in this altar and just go ahead and confess it to God. But when you confess it, do the other part. Believe that God will save you and then claim the promise. God, I'm doing the only thing I can do. The only thing that will save me is you. And so I'm just confessing and I'm just believing this morning. And if you'll claim that promise, and the Bible said, Thou shalt be saved. Amen. I want to say you can rely on it this morning. Every time you're tempted to doubt, you know what you ought to do? Take him back to this book. I'm not taking it, I mean, you can take him back to the experience and the place, and there ain't nothing wrong with that neither. But sometimes the devil will question those experiences. You say, how do you know that? Because if he'll question the word of God, he'll question anything. But I want to tell you something. He may ask me some questions about the day I got saved that I may not be able to answer. But I'll tell you, if he'll ask me a question about the word of God, I know the answers, isn't there? in theres that right this morning? I want to illustrate the day I got married. I can't remember everything that happened the day I got married. How many of y'all can remember everything that happened in your ceremony? I know you men can't. you scared out of your mind, wouldn't you? And uh, I'd rather preach 10 funerals than preach one wedding. I mean, we'll have to, don't we? Burying the dead's a whole lot easier than marrying the living. You know that, don't you? You can't mess a funeral up. I mean, and if you do, he ain't gonna get mad about it. But them, them weddings, everything's gotta be just, you know, so-so. But I'm telling you this morning, I don't remember everything about the day I got married, but I know I'm married this morning. There's a promise There's a person living in my house. I'm telling you this morning, you need to receive, you need to rely, you need to rest in the promise. If you did what God said and you believe the Bible and you believe when you asked Jesus to be, now if you trusted in your flesh, you're not saved, amen? If you tried to do it yourself, then you're not saved. But if you came the best way you knew how and did everything you could and you asked him with all of your heart, you believe because you wanted to be saved, then just claim the word of God. Believe the Bible, amen? I know it's not a flimsy decision this morning, but salvation is a choice. It is a decision. It's not sign a card and one, two, three, repeat after me. But I'm telling you what it is. It is a decision to come and to trust Christ as your Savior. And I want to tell you, it's a decision that only you can make this morning. There's the promise of salvation. There's the plan. Then there's the process of salvation. God explains why his plan is this way in verse 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. He wants your heart this morning. That's why God wants you and I to confess. He wants your heart. Now somebody in this building that knows they're lost and need to be saved, that's not willing to come down to this altar and confess that they're a sinner and believe in their heart that Jesus will save them, they will not get saved. Amen. You say, Brother Gradley, do you believe somebody's got to be in church to be saved? Well, you know better than that. You can get saved in a prison. You can get saved at the house. You can get saved on the side of the road. You can get saved out there in the parking lot. But I'll tell you what, everybody that gets saved has in common. You gotta be willing to humble yourself and get you gotta be willing to confess that you're a sinner you, it's a matter of the heart, amen? You try to make it some other way. You try to work it out within yourself. That's not the process of salvation. you trying to figure out how you're gonna get to God. God's already made the path. He's already made the plan. He's already put it in the person. He's already got the process, amen? And you'll come God's way or you won't get in, friend, amen? You can't trust your works. Your goodness is filthy rags. Uh, I don't care, listen, how much you go to church, it doesn't matter who your mom and daddy is. Uh, it doesn't matter how much good a talent God's given you, it doesn't matter all the things you can do, it'll all burn up at the judgment seat, friend, uh, and you'll die and go to hell without God. Uh, hell is full of religious people uh, because of their stubborn, sinful heart. They wouldn't bow their head and bend their knee and accept Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to just kind of hammer that for a few moments uh, uh, because we're living in a very prideful and arrogant uh, uh, day when people have watered down the gospel and they said, oh, it's just, a, listen, I'm going to tell you, it takes repentance, uh, in order to be saved, amen. In fact, I don't think if a person according to the Bible, if you don't ever see yourself a sinner, you can't be saved. This thing of just a positive gospel is a partial gospel. Amen. But Jesus didn't preach that kind of gospel. Jesus warned men to flee the wrath to come. Jesus preached more on heaven than he on hell than he did on heaven. Amen. In his first sermon, he mentioned hell. In his last sermon, he mentioned hell. For every one time, he mentioned hell. 10 times, he mentioned heaven. What I'm saying this morning is, uh, Jesus was a hellfire and brimstone preacher because he didn't want people to go to hell. And friend, listen, you and I are sinners. We don't go to hell because of what we do. We go to hell, if we're not saved, because of what we are, amen? We're sinners. Whether you're a good sinner or a bad sinner, you're still a sinner. Whether you're a wretched sinner or a religious sinner, you're. a sinner this morning and sinners have to be saved for God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, amen. He died for sinners uh, that sinners might be saved and friend, I want to tell you this morning, you've got to see yourself uh, as a sinner. You say, oh, but I'm good on the outside. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter how good you are. Your heart's as black, it's as filthy, it's as dirty, it's as wretched, it's as evil, it's as corrupt as the bellies and bowels of hell itself. And the only way you'll ever have any righteousness, it's gotta be baptized in the blood of his darling son and Calvary's cross is the only way that'll save your soul this morning. And that's the process of salvation. He wants your heart and he wants you to hear. My friend, then there's the proof of salvation. Look at verse 11. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. You see, the proof is in two things this morning in verse 11 it's in the scriptures and it's in the sinner himself. For the scripture saith, You ought to underline that in your Bible. It's not what thus saith the preacher. And if the preacher is preaching the Bible, he's preaching right. But it's not what Brother Gravely says this morning, it's what that Bible says. Amen. I'm not preaching you my word this morning. I'm preaching you what the King James Bible says. I want to tell you this morning, I'm not against experiences by no means. Don't you misinterpret what I'm saying. But I think too many people have got more faith uh, in their experience than they do the word of God. Now their experience may be real, but I'm going to tell you friend, uh, uh, listen, experiences come and they go. Uh, We're not charismatic this morning. I had an experience with God when I got saved, just like everybody else. Uh, But my faith this morning is only anchored in one thing. It's anchored in what the scripture saith this morning. I'm telling you when the devil gets on my back I'm glad I can take him right back to this book I don't have to go back to the day I got saved and there's nothing wrong with that don't misunderstand me but I'm telling you listen he can question me all day long about that and I'll tell you what he don't like to hear he don't like it when you stick his book under his nose and remind him hey devil this is what God said you can cast all the doubts you want to you can say whatever you will but the Bible said that if I confess with my mouth and believe in my Heart that God is raising from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Oh, hallelujah! I'm glad it's a sure foundation. I'm standing on the Word of God this morning, amen. It's what the Bible says. And when my mind is deteriorated and gone, and perhaps maybe even forgotten the experiences of life, the Word of God will stand forever. It's in the scripture, it's in the center. The Bible said the scripture saith that whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed. I believe if you're saved, you'll want to tell people you're saved. And this crowd that says they're saved, but they're silent, they want to hide it and they don't want to tell it. I asked a man one time, I said, sir, are you saved? He said, that's personal. I said, you better believe it's personal. I knew he didn't want to hear nothing else, but I said, boy, i tell you, I said, no, July, July 1st, 1988, when it got in my heart, it got personal. It's personal. Isn't it personal this morning? Salvation's a personal. It wakes me up every morning, puts me to bed every night, amen. But I know what he was saying. He was saying to me, I don't want to talk about it, amen. I'm gonna tell you something. I don't believe he got in, Amen. I'm telling you, anybody that got saved, I've talked to backslid people that are saved and they'll even weep and cry and tell you about when they met Jesus, amen. They may tell you they're not right with God, but this thing of being a silent witness is nowhere's in the word of God. If you're saved, like the old songwriter said, I told it all day and I told it all night, amen. I'm telling you, when you get born again, there's something that'll rise up in you and it'll say, go tell your family, go tell your friends. That woman at the well, five husbands and shacked up with another one, but when she met the man, when she met the man and she got born again she left her water pot, took the well went in the city and the Bible said she testified unto all the Samaritans, what Jesus, she said come see a man that told me all things that ever I did is not this the Christ, hallelujah They was evidence They was proof that she got in friend, amen and I'm afraid this morning there's a lot of people are deceived See how do you know if they're deceived? If they're saying one thing and the Bible is saying another, they're deceived. There's the proof of salvation. And then, let me say this this morning, there's the power of salvation. This makes me want to shout, amen. Look at verse 12. For there is no difference, hallelujah, between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. You know, this morning it would have been one thing if we'd have heard the message of salvation and if the message of salvation would have been this, that Jesus came, the son of God, and he had the ability to save one nation and he saved the nation of Israel. If you was a Jew, you'd have felt fortunate, you'd have felt blessed and you'd have praised him for being your savior. It'd have been one thing if Jesus would have come and said he had enough blood, to save uh, not just one nation, but he could save one entire generation, both Jew and Gentile. That generation would have rose up and called him blessed and shouted the victory that they were the generation that got in. It'd have been one thing if he could have come and could have said, I can save the rich, uh, those that can afford it, those that are, if you've got enough money, if you reach a certain status in society, then you qualify to get in and you can miss hell. We'd have done everything we could to got in that status and got in and we'd have raised our head and said, oh, what a savior. But I want to tell you something, the message of salvation, the power of the gospel, is that there is no difference this morning, whether you're Jew or Gentile, whether you're black or white, whether you're rich or poor, whether you're bond or free, whether it looks like you got hope or there's no hope at all, the beacon of our hope this morning is this, is that we serve a risen Savior, that's enough power in one drop of his blood to save every nation, every generation, every sinner, man, woman, boy, and girl, and my friend that'll come by way of the cross, and the shed blood of Calvary thank God you can't preach the gospel to the wrong person there's hope for everybody this morning you say preacher is there hope for me sure there is if there wasn't no hope you wouldn't be here this morning well I just come I call somebody invite you're not here by accident I've used this illustration but a lady came to me several years ago and she said I'm afraid I can't be saved I said why? She said, I'm afraid that that I've went so far that um, God can't save me no more. He can't save me. I said, ma'am, we can can sum that up today. She was weeping and crying in this altar. I said, do you want to be saved? She said, I want to be saved more than anything. I said, well, I'm glad to report to you that if you want to be saved, then you can't be saved. Amen. I said, if you'd have crossed God's deadline, and people can, I believe that. But I said, if you'd have crossed his deadline, you'd have no desire to be saved. Your conscience would be seared as a, with a hot iron, and you would be, you would be deaf to the gospel. You would be turned away. They wouldn't be at listen, a thousand apostle Pauls couldn't turn you to Christ. If you cross that deadline, not because you can't hear, but because God ain't speaking, he'll turn his voice away from you. He'll not deal with you anymore. I said, why did you come to this altar? She said, well, I just felt this load. I just felt like I'm going to hell. I said, that's good news. You're a candidate. I said, you are going to hell. I said, would you like to go to heaven this morning? She said, I wanna go to heaven. I said, trust Jesus Christ. Put your faith in him. You know what, she got up born again. And she got saved by the good grace of God. I'm glad there's power. There's power to save. You don't have to go to hell this morning. If you'll come, he'll save you. He'll take your black sin. He'll take your dirty heart. He'll wash it as white as snow. He'll change your life. Amen. How many of y'all remember Minetta when she got saved? What a miracle. What a transformation in her life. I went and saw her at Hutchison when they told her she had cancer. Her body was racked with cancer. I went up there, I thought, this poor lady lived such a wicked life of sin, God saved her. I went up there and she was sitting there just smiling. I mean, you know how she was. Granted, you never knew it. She made me more nervous in church than anybody I've ever pastored in <laughs> 21 years. I told her one time, I said, All, when you get up and testify, I want you to do two things. She said, what's that? I said, read a verse of scripture and say you're glad you're saved and sit down. <laughs> I remember one Sunday she got up here and she said, well, I had a, she'd have been saved like three weeks. She said, I, well, I had a good morning. She said, on Sunday morning, she said this. She said, I got up and read my Bible and I read my horoscope this morning. <laughs> I said, sit down. Do <laughs> you know what? Went of the hospital, I said, "Manetta." I said, how are you doing? She said, oh, they said I got cancer that I'm ate up with cancer. That's how she said it. And grinning the whole time. I said, well, you know, we're gonna pray. She said, doesn't matter to me, preacher. She said, I'm gonna live as long as God wants me to live. And she said, I'm just happy in the Lord. And I'm gonna tell you, we stopped talking about cancer and we started talking about Jesus. I'm talking about they gave her a death warrant, a death sentence. And you know what? She's full of God and got saved, rescued. I'm talking about that's the power of the gospel to open up somebody's mind, I'll tell you. When we had witnessed to her, and she couldn't even talk, couldn't have a conversation. And I remember coming in here on a Sunday night uh, when the choir was singing. I was gonna preach out of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that night to the church. Uh, she come in carrying that little orange Gideon's New Testament, sit down there where Brother Thomas is sitting uh, and the Holy Ghost said, go back there and talk to her. And i tell you, I went back there, I said, "Manetta," I said, what are you coming? And in my mind, I thought she's not gonna make any sense. Uh, I mean, listen, she did everything you know possible to torment this church while she lived down here on the corner. I thought she won't make any sense. She'd rattle off all kinds of crazy stuff. I said, why are you coming? And the first thing she ever said to me that made sense, she looked up at me with tears running down her face. She said, I'm tormented and I want peace. I tell you, I started back down that aisle and the Holy Ghost said, son, that's what you're preaching on, how to have peace. A little seven minute sermon out of Brother Blue's track on do you want peace? And she come down here and got born again, hallelujah, the power of the gospel, amen. Amen. That's what God can do for you. She got saved on Sunday, me and my wife took her on Monday down here to the Mexican restaurant just to try to help her a little bit and gonna buy her some clothes and uh, took her down there and I'll tell you what, she cussed a blue streak, I mean as far as here to Fort Oglethorpe. I said, whoa. I mean, I slammed my brakes on in the car. My girls was little then. I slammed my brakes. I said, ho, ho, ho. She said, what? I said, you can't use that language. I mean, she said the big ones. <coughs> All in a row. I said, you can't talk like that. I got girls in this car. And she, this is how I know she's. I didn't know if she really got saved that night. She wanted to testify, and I told her, "I said I, I, I don't know." <laughs> she got. This is how I know she got saved, Barnes. When I said that to her, she broke down crying. She said, "I'm sorry." We all start crying. I said, "It's okay. Just don't cuss no more." <laughs> she said, "I'm sorry." Turned around to the girl and said, I'm sorry. She said, I just, I don't, didn't even realize I said it. And we had prayer. I said, well, we're going to pray, God. We'll clean your mouth up. Christians don't cuss, somebody say it, man. Ain't no such thing as a cussing Christian. Amen. And I said to her, I said, we're going to pray, God. I'll clean your mouth up. We took her up there to Hamrick's. She wanted to buy, listen, Everything she wanted to buy, she wasn't enough to wad out a ten gauge shotgun. He talked about experience. She come out there with something on. I was on the other side of the store. I knew better to be over there. She come out. My wife said, "Oh, you can't wear that to church." She said, "Butch would love this." She said, we're, we're "No, Manetta, you can't wear that. That's just a newborn babe, isn't it?" She said, no, you've got to get some dresses that go down below your knees. And by the way, we still believe that. Somebody say amen. Don't come up here and sing in the choir. Will you dress hocked up? And even these little girls, make sure theirs is long enough. Amen. Go ahead and say amen. And leggings don't give you a right to wear a miniskirt. Somebody say amen. I thought I'd put all that in there while I'm at it. We're talking to church people, not lost people. You come any way you want to if you're lost. But, you know, I know she say. She wanted to change. The power of the gospel transformed her life. Isn't that right? And he changed you this morning, friend. There's the power. There's other points there. I'm not going to preach them this morning. I want them to come and get us a song ready. There's the people of salvation. There's the proclamation of salvation. There's the putting off of salvation. The Bible says in verse number, verse number 18, Verse number 16, but they've not all obeyed the gospel. I want to tell you this morning, here's what it comes down to is verse 16. Are you going to obey the gospel? If you know you're lost, and friend, it's now or never. I've never seen a day like we're living in. If you know you're lost this morning, it's right now, or it's go to hell. You a preacher, you don't know. I might have an opportunity. Yeah. The chances of you having another opportunity versus you not having an opportunity, it's greater that you won't than you will. And every time you tell God no, it gets a little bit easier to say no and a little bit harder to say yes. That old heart will get hard. You tell him no this morning, you walk away from him, it'll get easier to say no next time. And it'll get harder to say yes. I've watched people go to hell Like Brother Barnes preached here back in the summer. I've watched them go to hell with their eyes wide open. I've watched them in a hospital bed. Witness to them. Witness to them. Don't need to watch them in a car wreck a few few days later and go to hell. Blood coming out of their mouth and in hell. I'm here to tell you this morning, if you're lost, you need to junk your pride in religion and get to God this morning. You need to get to Jesus and get saved. Get born again this morning. The power of the gospel, your beacon of hope is that you find Christ this morning. And if you're saved, you need a burden for people going to hell. I need a burden for people going to hell. Don't waste your life. Don't you sit around and and live in this world like you're gonna live forever. When the treasure of the gospel is in your soul, you need to be telling somebody about Jesus this morning. You need to be weeping. I need to be weeping over somebody going to hell. While we stand this morning, our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Christians are praying. I wonder if there's somebody here this morning. You're lost. You know you're lost. Won't you come and get saved? And if you're struggling this morning, the only way you're gonna get it settled is raise that flag and say, I'm lost. I'm going to hell I need to be saved, I know I need to be saved. You don't need to wait for me, you don't need to wait for anybody else. You need to run to this altar this morning and get in this altar and say, God save me this morning, save me this morning. Would you come this morning? Would you come accept Christ?